Welcome to the KPB Podcast. This is your host, Ethan Gavon, coming to you from Sacramento, California. Keep Playing Baseball is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping every high school baseball player navigate the recruiting process and play college baseball. At KPB, we don't think money should dictate who has the opportunity to play college baseball or who gets to make informed decisions throughout the college baseball recruiting process. And all our resources, including this podcast, are 100% free. No signups, no fees, no strings attached. We use the KPB podcast in many different ways, but the main point is to get you the information you need to keep playing baseball. We appreciate you tuning in to the KPB podcast, the best source of recruiting information on the go. Before we jump to today's episode, we wanted to remind you that Big Day of Giving is a week away. It's on May 7th this year, and it's one of our biggest fundraisers of the year. Totally understand that this is a difficult time for many people, and a lot of people may not be able to or want to donate to keep playing baseball. If you do want to support us and you can make a small donation, we'd love to have your support. It's www.bigdayofgiving.org slash kpb hit that green donate button and you can schedule your donation today bigdayofgiving.org slash kpb what's up guys if you're tuning in then you already know this is the kpb podcast we appreciate you listening we are joined by a special guest today Uh, excited to have sacramento area native and philadelphia phillies catcher andrew knapp on the podcast today Former standout for the California Golden Bears, Knapp quickly rose through the minor league ranks. He made his big league debut on April 6, 2017, and he comes from a baseball family. His father, Mike, played 10 years of professional baseball. His younger brother, Aaron, also a Golden Bear, is currently playing in the minor leagues. This will be Knapp's fourth season in the big leagues with the Phillies, and he comes back to Philadelphia whenever the season starts Uh, after a strong second half last year, where he hit 271 with a 346 OBP Uh, more importantly, much more importantly, he's truly one of the good guys in baseball and he's been a huge supporter of keep playing baseball. And we are really happy to have his support. He also supports the Darren Dalton foundation and does a great job with the community and giving back. So we're fired up to have him on the show. We talk about his path to the big leagues his time in college, advice he has for young ball players, and what he would do if he was commissioner of Major League Baseball. Some fun answers mixed in there. So uh, without further ado, we're going to jump to the podcast. Tune in because it's a good one. Andrew, thanks for jumping on the podcast with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So obviously we're in a really strange time right now. Um, what have you been doing since you've been on lockdown, since uh, since all the coronavirus stuff, how are you staying ready for whenever the the potential season might start, and what's your day look like? Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing because you're you're trying to stay in shape, but you're also trying to social social distance and be as responsible as possible. So for me, it's a lot of outdoor activities running you know trying to get some form of workouts in push-ups sit-ups that kind of stuff um a lot of yoga you know stuff that you can do 
uh, on the computer or, you know, I have a TRX, so I've been doing stuff like that, but it's a weird time, especially for us. We don't really have a date where we know this thing's going to get back going up. So it's a, it's a weird thing to juggle. Yeah. It's times like these where you feel lucky that you're in California instead of somewhere where it's snowing and you're literally stuck inside. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's been a, a game changer for me is being able to just at least go outside in the sun and, and sweat a little bit. You know, it, it's, I got a, I got a cage set up in my garage, like a little net with a T. So at least I can swing, you know, I'm not like facing any pitching or doing BP or anything like that, but um, I can, I can keep my body somewhat ready. Um, and hopefully when this thing gets going back up, we can, get a couple weeks to to really ramp up and, and get going. Yeah, I'm sure they won't have you guys start cold turkey. So um, hopefully that comes sooner rather than later, obviously, once figure out that it's safe. Um, but have a bunch of have some questions from high school guys for you want to talk about Phillies, your path to the big leagues. Before we get into that, um, you're active on uh, on the communal front, right? So you've been a big KPB supporter. You've been uh, a supporter of the Darren Dalton Foundation. Before we get to the X's and O's of baseball and training and all that, can you talk a little bit about why it's so important for you to be engaged with the community and doing that good work that you do? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously I feel very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in and I, I kind of have a platform to bring awareness to things that I think are important and things that I think are, are helping other people. And both KBP and, and, and the Darren Dalton foundation are, are doing those things. And I, I love being a part of those organizations. Um, you know, I think it's really important that kids have outlets to continue to, to achieve their dream and, and try to be a professional baseball player. So for me, it's just kind of a no brainer to support a brand like this. And, um, you know, I've been in Philly now for, for four seasons in the big leagues and um, Darren Dalton was a, was a catcher in, in Philadelphia who, who died of cancer. And I think, you know, just being a part of an organization like that has been such an honor too, because, you know, he was such a great player and, and also did so much for the community as well. So for me, it's just, <clears throat> I love giving back and I love being a part of things that are helping other people. Yeah. And I already said it in your, Intro, obviously, I know you on a more personal level than most, but truly one of the good guys in the game. So we appreciate your support. And I think that's a good segue, right? Because you talk about providing an outlet for kids. So you come from a baseball family. Um, your dad played 10 years in professional baseball. Uh, your brother's in professional baseball. Um, take us back to Andrew Knapp the junior high or high school player, even before that, were you always a, a baseball guy? Yeah, I always loved baseball. Um, <clears throat> it was wiffle ball in the backyard all summer for me. Um, I did play football growing up too. So, and uh, I did swim team too. So I was very active and it was, it was for me, baseball was what I loved most, but it wasn't all I had. You know, I, I got to go play football during football season. I was swimming during the summer. And I think those outlets helped me physically, you know, gain some form of athleticism that you might not get from playing just one sport, but also 
uh, competitiveness, you know, you're constantly competing. And then when baseball season came back around, I was so excited to get back into that. You know, I didn't really get burnt out from just playing one sport all the time. Um, In Little League, you know, I was just like everyone else, you know, played infield, pitched, played all over the place, just wanted to basically be part of the action. Um, I started catching more consistently when I got to high school. Um, I still played infield every couple of starts. I'd play third base or second base. Um, and I didn't really grow until my junior year. After my junior year is when I committed to Cal. But, um, you know, I was really trying to solidify myself as, as a quality player. And I wasn't physically strong enough or big enough when I was younger to, to do that. So, I I worked hard and I created fundamentals, but once I grew a little bit, that's kind of when the trajectory kind of shot up for me. And and walk us through your decision to play at Cal. Obviously, your dad went there, so maybe there's a little added incentive. Um, but what what did your recruiting process look like once you, you know, at what point did you know you wanted to play college baseball instead of being, you know, the next Michael Phelps or um, Brian or Lacker or whatever, I don't know, position <laughs> you played, but um, how did you make that decision? And then what did that process look like? Yeah, well, fundamentally, my family's really into education. And I knew that I was going to go to college no matter what. And I also knew that a scholarship would, would help the family tremendously financially. And, you know, I didn't want to just go to school and, and rely solely on that. I wanted to have something to fall back on uh, just mentally, you know, mentally through the grind. So I, I knew that a scholarship for baseball was, was the way to go. Um, as far as the recruiting process went, you know, I went to a lot of camps. I got a lot of letters from schools. Um, but I grew up around Cal baseball. I would go to those games. I'd go to football games all the time. And I kind of fell in love with Berkeley as a young kid. Um, but I also, was looking at other programs. You know, I took recruiting visits to Stanford, Oregon, a lot of Pac-12 schools, um, and was just trying to really find a fit for me that I was going to, one, get a chance to play as a freshman coming in, and two, a program that was going to develop me for the next level, because ultimately I did want to continue into professional baseball. So um, that ended up being Cal but it wasn't an attachment because of family. It was more a decision that I made with, with a lot of weighing factors. Yeah. So really focusing in on that fit and what felt, what felt right to, you know, kind of checking all those boxes. Yeah. Yeah. I think Cal at that time, it's still a great program, but at that time it was one of those programs that had a name for developing guys and for, for letting guys grow into themselves as players and, not necessarily making everyone the same player. You know, there's a lot of programs out there that are great programs, but they might try to fit everyone into a little bit of a college baseball box, you know, and coach Esker, who's, who's now at Stanford, but he, he was one of those guys that was, you know, this is, this is going to be your journey and we're not going to really 
make you do one thing or another and you're going to figure it out on your own, which I really appreciate moving forward. You're going to hit a lot of sliders and a lot of velo. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. You know, that was one of those things where I think he's, he told me that it was my freshman or sophomore year. He's like, you're not, it's not going to be easy going through this. You know, it's, it might be easy for guys like Mike Trout or Bryce Harper, or these superstars, but when you're, at the college level as a freshman coming in facing legitimate Pac-12 arms and legitimate Pac-12 hitters, there's a growing, there's a growing period and, and a maturity level that you need to, to grow into. So for me, I grew so much as a player and as like uh, matured as a person at Cal that there, there's no way I'd be where I'm at without that, those three years. Yeah. And during your time there, I mean, UCLA, won a title, right? Arizona won a title. You're talking about um, <clears throat> big leagues is littered with guys that you competed against, right? So what did that transition look like? And I believe your first year, you guys went to the College World Series, right, as a freshman? Yeah, so kind of a wild start for me at Cal because we, we got to school in the fall and we started fall ball and then the program got cut, which was heartbreaking for all of us. And we kind of had to make a decision really quick on whether we were going to stay for that year or use the free transfer that was given to us by the NCAA. So we had guys that transferred to other schools because, you know, it really wasn't looking good about the program right. coming back. <clears throat> and um, I decided that I was going to play the season out and then make a decision on whether I was going to leave or, or stay and just go to school. Um, Ultimately, I didn't have to make that decision, thankfully, because we, we got reinstated um, probably three-quarters of the way through the season. Um, I remember we were at Arizona. <clears throat> we had just played Friday night, and then Saturday we had a team meeting, and it was it was about being reinstated. But, I mean, that was a great team, 2011. You know, you have Marcus Simeon playing shortstop. Eric Johnson, former White Sox pitcher, was, was pitching Friday night for us. Um, Tony Renda playing second base. You, we had a lot of guys that went on to play at the next level. And I think what we went through in the fall being cut really lit a fire in us and brought us closer together. And that team, team aspect, you know, went a long way because even if we were losing going into the ninth inning, we didn't, we didn't believe we were out of it. Um, and we trusted in each other that we were going to get through this. It was kind of, it was a really, really fun season. Yeah, had that, that X factor that, you know, you hear about a lot of teams where they're outperforming maybe even their capabilities, although, as you mentioned, you know, rattle off four big leaguers on the same roster. It's pretty, pretty good at any level. So um, what were some of the difficult adjustments just as a player? So we have a question from Joey, who's a high school <coughs> catcher, and he's wondering what are the most important aspects that he should be working on to prepare – for the transition to college and to prepare to play catcher at the college level? It's, it's a tough thing, right? Because you're not going to really know what you need to do until you, you get there. <clears throat> the one thing I would say is that the more that you can make the fundamentals just mindless to where you're not worried about physically catching the ball, throwing the ball, you know, blocking, on the defensive side, then you can focus on the gameplay and 
you know, the game's not going to speed up on you as much as it might if you're worried about the, the little things. Um, this is this goes in any level. The, the higher you go up, you want to make sure those things are tightened. Um, for me, at, at the collegiate – from high school to college, the adjustment needed to be made for me was defensively. You know, I had the bat speed and I could hit, but uh, there was a lot of pass balls. There was a lot of wild pitches. The throwing was inconsistent. So I had to really get in the cage off the machine and just do the reps and just take the time to go through, you know, some of that stuff's not fun to do and it's monotonous and boring and it's not hitting off the, you know, it's not hitting on the field and hitting homers, but in order to be a consistent collegiate player, those holes need to be tightened for sure. Yeah. Just that baseline almost like, so you're building your, your autopilot, right? Cause obviously yeah. when you're facing a, a Trevor Bauer, a Mark Appel, um, good college pitchers, right? You know, you're, you, you don't have time to think about these things as you're competing, right? Yeah, and I think the, the, the good teams, like the UCLA's, the Stanford's, they put pressure on teams that uh, can't handle the fundamentals, and, and they take advantage of that. So when you're playing these teams like UCLA, you know they're going to bunt. Right. You know, you know that the, the bunt play is going to happen, but can you be – fundamental in the moment under pressure and when when you've done it so much those things just become a part of the game and you don't even think about it it just becomes reaction so you know I think obviously physically you need to get in the gym you need to make sure your arms ready run hit as much as possible make sure your hands are ready to go but I think hammering those fundamentals is huge yeah so we had at our I coach at Davis high school now and we had your former catching coach from Cal Tony Arnerich on and, and he was talking about the same things, right? The fundamentals, building the fundamentals. And then he also mentioned, like you just said, the weight room and just making sure that you're a physical player. So can you talk about, you know, you, you go from being a high school player where you're the top dog to now you're competing against 21, 22 year olds who have been in the college weight room for, you know, sometimes five years. So can you talk a little bit about the, not so much the baseball adjustments, but just the physicality that college baseball, the step up it is from high school? Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things where this has to be your main focus. There's going to be a couple, you know, your focus is going to be school and baseball. And those have to be at the top of your of your pyramid when it comes to what you're focused on. And, and obviously yeah, relationships are great and you want to have fun with your friends, but when it comes down to it, getting in the gym and making sure that you have a routine and you're preparing your body to go out and play 50 something games, you know, that's a double high school season and you're going to be traveling you're going to be flying. So just really taking care of your body is so important. You know, you don't want to be on the DL because, you, you know, you were on a flight late and you didn't hydrate and you end up tweaking something. You know, that's like the worst thing that can happen. So there just has to be this sense of responsibility on your, on your own part to take care of your body and to really to get in the gym. Don't want to end up in a Tucson uh, hospital over, overnight. With <laughs> no, you don't. Um, food, food poisoning will get you. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, funny that that's a funny story, but we'll we'll leave that for another time. Um, talk a little bit. So you mentioned routine, right? So what what is your off season routine look like? How are you preparing to compete at the highest level right now? Um, just kind of walk us through what your what your mindset is, what you're trying to accomplish in order to prepare for a big league season. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big routine guy. I like every day being the same. Um, and you get that in baseball or it's, you know, you can show up to the ballpark pretty much every day, unless it's a day game, you're going to show up at the exact same time, go about your day the same way. Um, so I try to take that in the off season. Um, so I, I'm working out five days a week during the week. And then on the weekends, I give my body a little bit of time to rest, but I'm also, you know, I'm going for runs. I'm doing yoga in between. Um, but I'm in the gym pretty much five to six days a week in the off season, really hammering down on weights, but also just on like range of motion mobility stuff. Cause over time, over 162 games, um, your body gets worn down. So you just need to build up that stamina. And sometimes that's not with lifting a ton of weights, but it's more about just stretching and making sure that you can get your body into positions catching wise in your squat that are just less damaging over a certain period of time. So for me, stretching's huge. Um, getting my arm in shape before spring training is a big one too. I like to really make sure when I'm going into camp that I can throw to bases, I can long toss because you get in pitchers and catchers and you're throwing constantly because there's 700 pitchers and there's usually like five catchers. So <laughs> You're catching bullpens all morning. You're going out. You're doing your throwing. You're hitting. You're running. So it's a it's a giant weight load all at once. So the, the better you can prepare your body for that, um, it's just going to help you out in the long run. Um, Hitting-wise, I, I try to get as much machine work as I can just to see some velocity and get my eyes ready to go. Um, a lot of fastball machine, a lot of slider machine and just kind of create a routine so that when I get to camp, I'm not trying to figure out a new routine, you know, just once, once the season starts, you're going to have your routine that you took from spring training and your spring training routine is going to be what you took from the off season. So you just kind of want to keep that ball rolling so that there's not these drastic periods of time where, all right, the season starts now, what, it's like, no, this is what we've been doing for all of camp and then the same thing in the off season. So those, those routines may adjust. You may think, all right, I need to do a little bit more of this and less of this, but overall the, the, the majority of what you're doing is going to be the same. Have you, have you made any major adjustments to your off season since the time you, let's say entered pro ball to now as a, a vet, veteran player? Um, that's a good question. I think I focus more on what my role is now. You know, I think I am doing more velocity off the machine because most of the time I'm coming in late in the game, I'm facing a closer, you know, I'm facing massive velo. Um, I think I, I put a high, high demand on my, my catching and my receiving, um, at the big league level, it's so important to get as many strikes as possible. So we focus a lot on the receiving part of the game. And, um, 
but as far as like the weight room and stuff goes, it's pretty much the same. Um, I kind of understand where I need to be at getting into camp now. Um, the first couple of spring trainings, you, you might think you're ready or you might have overworked and you're kind of like a little bit burnt out before you can get there. So there's kind of this happy medium of, I know I'm ready, but I'm also fresh because this is going to be a long season. Yeah. Um, which is weird right now. It's, it's this weird like limbo where we were ready to go. I mean, we were uh, days away from the opening day and then you get shut down and you're not really in a gym anymore. You're trying to figure out how to stay ready. So, um, you know, it's, it's this weird, how much is too much? Cause you, it's, it could be a long year. We could end up going into November, you know, this season. So trying to stay loose and keep the body moving, but definitely not, don't overdo it. Yeah. And then what does that, what does your game day routine look like? Cause obviously you guys are playing or traveling pretty much every day for half a year. So what, uh, what does it look like from the time you wake up to, uh, you know, first pitch? Yeah. So seven o'clock game, um, we usually don't finish until 1030 ish you know these games go pretty quick pretty long so uh i'm not back to the apartment until 11 11 30 um which kind of makes your time clock push back a little bit obviously you know you're sleeping in a little bit more but i like to get up and i like to move around so that i'm not groggy um but i'll probably get to the ballpark 1 1 30 for a seven o'clock game um i'll get in the weight room stretch foam roll really wake my body up and then I, I really enjoy working out before a game it's not it's not like a heavy lift but we're getting some sweat going we're getting the blood flowing and that's just kind of a routine that I've created in order to create get through the long season because if you don't if you don't lift during the year you're gonna you're gonna lose all of that by the time yeah. by the time September October comes so you might not feel like doing it, but you got to get in the gym and move around a little bit and keep your body ready. Um, then I get in the cage, do my routine in the cage. And if I'm not catching that day, I really like to get out and catch bullpens, see the pitchers and, and work with them because it'll keep me ready for when I do catch. And there's not as much uh, time in between me seeing guys, you know, because as uh, the backup, I might not catch a guy for a month. You know, just the starts might not line up. So the more bullpens I can get in, uh, the more I can see these guys, the better it will be once I do catch them. Definitely. What, um, what do you feel like was your welcome to the big league moment? I mean, what was your – what kind of set that bulb off in your head where you're like, wow, I, I finally – I'm here? Um, <clears throat> that's a funny – that's a funny question. I think – my first hit was, was a relief because <laughs> my first start, I went over two with a walk. And then uh, the next, the next start that I got, I was like, Oh, for one, I think. And I was like, Oh man, I really need to get a hit. <laughs> and that's, that's not a good thought to have because that just snowballs. But I ended up hitting a double off of Steven Strasburg, which was awesome. But I think the, the uh, aha moment that you're talking about was probably my first home run in, in uh, LA off the Dodgers. Um, 
just like one of those, it was like, I can't believe that this is happening. I had a ton of family there too. It was California. So that was just a really cool moment. Yeah. And I'm sure you, I mean, you're talking like a seasoned vet now about how to prepare your body and how to approach the game and make, make sure you're not getting burnt out, but still stay prepared. So, I mean, you're officially there, but who have been some of the big influences for you as you came up through the system or when you got to the big leagues, who have been some of the guys that kind of took you under their wing or, or gave you some really good advice? Yeah, there's been so many guys. Um, my first year, we were a pretty young team. I think there was at least half of us either debuted or had less than a year of big league service. So we were kind of all doing it together. Um, but there were still guys like Daniel Nava was a guy my first year that uh, he's just such a pro and uh, just knows how to really show up each and every day. And, and it's just like cool, calm, collected. doesn't matter if things are going good, if things are going bad, he's just, this is his job. I'm going to show up and I'm going to be a pro. And I took a lot from, from that. Um, you know, you don't, it's a long season. You can't have a tons of highs and tons of lows. You may feel like things are way lower than they are. You might think, you know, things couldn't get better, but the, the more mellow you can stay and the more even keel you can be, it, it's just going to help you in the long run. Um, we have a ton of guys now. I think, you know, watching JT catch every day is, is, is awesome for me, you know, being able to, to back him up and just try to make it so that there's not that big of a disconnect between when he's playing and when I'm playing, trying to like elevate my game up to, you know, one of the best catchers in baseball um, is really fun. Um, you know, we've had so many guys like, you talk about Bryce Harper, you know, he's like, he's an icon superstar and just being able to watch his routine and what he goes through. And that may be different than someone else. And there's not one right way to do something, but there is, there is work ethic and that there, that has to be there. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, right. When you first started, you're like, man, I really need to get a hit you're in a really, I think probably the most difficult role in sports, right? Because you don't get those consistent game reps. And then when you do come in nowadays, you're facing 97 to hundred with a wicked slider or whatever, you know, so really difficult. So how have you been able to, or is it still a battle trying to say, look, I just need to stick with my approach, my process and stay even keel like that. Yeah, you definitely, you're battling it constantly. Um, but I think after these couple of years of being in this role, uh, you, you just have to adjust what success is. You know, I can't judge myself off of an everyday player. As much as you may envy that role or want to be that, that's not the reality that I'm in right now. And it's not going to help me to try to compare myself to JT or to other starters around the league. I have to understand what my role is and change my understanding of what success is. So what I've done personally is when I do catch, I really want to catch a winning game. You know, I don't really care about my own personal outcomes, but if we win, then I know I helped the team that day. Um, 
But as far as pinch hitting goes, just having a quality at bat, and that might that might be a five pitch strikeout. But if I was able to waste a couple of pitches, you know, get my swing off on some pitches that I thought I could do damage on, then that's all I can do because you're 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 right. You're facing a guy coming out of the bullpen with nasty stuff. He's there for a reason, you know, and uh, I might not hit for another couple of days. So I can't linger right. on that one at bat saying, oh, man, you know, I'm in a slump. It's like, well, yeah, you had, you had one at bat. You didn't even get a pitch to hit. You know, you're facing whoever it may be. Um, Sean Doolittle, you know, he's got an invisible fastball. These are guys that are making a ton of money and, and are very successful at what they do. So, and you're also playing a game of failure. So, you know, it's just one of those things that it's, it's a definitely a mental grind, but the more that I'm in this spot, the more I can come up with ways to find success in what I'm doing. Yeah. And you had a really good second half last year, obviously I think you hit 271 or something with, above 350 OBP or right around there. So a lot of ways to contribute to a team, which is I think a really good lesson for high school guys out there who are listening to this where, hey, success, not everyone gets to be a superstar right now. It's something you can work towards, but there's a lot of ways you can contribute to, uh, to team success and continue to improve as a player. Yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't that doesn't mean you have to give up on wanting to be that everyday guy. Like I right. definitely believe that I can catch in the big leagues every day right now, but that's not really up to me. You know, I, it's the situation that I'm dealt right now is being the backup. So I'm definitely going to work towards being that starter. I want to be that guy. Hopefully I get an opportunity to prove that I can do it. But right now there's, there's more, um, quality in me just trying to help the team any way that I can than to dwell on the fact that I'm not playing every day. Right. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of control the controllables in what you say, <laughs> which, which I think is probably the best lesson for guys who want to keep playing the game at higher levels to really hone in on and just, Hey, what can you control? And then controlling your reaction to what you can't, right. Being a, being a good teammate when you're not getting your way and stuff like that. Um, I want to transition a little bit to, to providing some advice and uh, maybe even some catching specific stuff. We had a, a couple questions related to that for young players. I mean, if, as you look back on your journey from high school to college, college to professional baseball, minor leagues to the major leagues, what, what do you feel like is the best advice you could give let's say a ninth grader who really loves baseball and wants to play at the college level and continue to play. What, what do you think the most important thing for them to do is? I think the, the most important thing to do is to one, keep your options open, like make sure that you're getting your schoolwork done, that you're showing up on time, that all these things are taken care of so that if there is an opportunity that comes up that allows you to, to go to that next level, there's nothing to hold you back. And then the second is to just play as much as possible and just get on the field and play. Cause there's, there's not really game development can't be, can't come unless you play games. 
and and that's just a fact like you can hit in the cage as long as you want but unless you go out and you face live pitching you don't really know what your swings looking like um so i think those are two things that for me are are most important moving forward is just getting as much game time as possible and then making sure that all of your loose ends are tied up in case something happens where you do get an opportunity to go that next level yeah okay so kind of scaling that back obviously you have you talked earlier about building up your fundamentals so we had a question from bannon who's actually a 10 year old catcher and he wants to know what are some of your favorite blocking drills and it's a really good question two-part question actually because he wants to know how you work on being really fast out of your your uh, secondary stance so that you can block ball so how do you train your blocking so that it translates to game speed and you can do it quickly it's a good question i think <clears throat> one you have to really know your body like what what are you good at and what are you bad at because the things you're good at are just going to come naturally and you don't have to think about doing that but it's the things that you're not good at that you have to really hammer down and work on so for me blocking to my right is super easy i just do it naturally i don't know if it's something that's just from playing infield or what it is but i can I can move that way. My hips work better that way, but it's moving to my left that I have a tougher time with. So that's something that I'm going to work off the machine. I'm going to work on that left-handed slider that's moving away from me. I'm going to work on like that change up that's going away from a lefty. Um, but as far as scaling that back a little bit, I think blocking like just from your knees to begin with and understanding where the ball needs to hit you on the chest in order for it to land right in front of you is a big thing. So I'll just wear my chest protector and my knee pads and I'll get on my knees in the blocking position and I'll have the ball bounce off my chest and try to get it so that it stops right on home plate. Cause you might block the ball, but if it goes 10 feet the other way, the guy's still going to move, you know, these, these guys are so good at the dirt ball read that even if you do block it, you got to be able to recover and make a throw very quickly. So that's a thing that you can do in your blocking routine. That'll just help you understand how the ball is going to ricochet off your chest and where you need to be in order to keep it close. Um, as far as like getting out of your, your stance quickly, that's just footwork stuff. So that can be done pretty much anywhere you can do that footwork when you're playing catch you can do that footwork when you're doing the blocking drills you can do that footwork pretty much anywhere you don't need you don't need a machine to do stuff like that you can do it without even without a ball so um, one of the things I do tell young young players is if you're really serious about catching and you like right now I'm sure people are watching a ton of tv you can watch tv in your squat like th these are things that um, will help your your legs strengthen. You know, you'll get better range of motion in that position, and it'll create stamina. You know, when you're in the ninth, eighth, and ninth inning, and and your legs are tired, you're focusing more on that than what you need to do to block that ball or get quick feet to throw a guy out. So, the more that stuff just becomes like uh, I can catch, I can catch eighteen innings. I'm not worried about catching nine innings. Uh, 
that'll just help you moving forward. I think we're getting a preview into how you eat your dinner in, in this yeah. uh, quarantine times, right? You're in your catcher squat, just <laughs> eat, eat <laughs> shoveling food in your mouth. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's like one of those weird things where you start catching so much that the squat becomes a more comfortable position. Yeah. Like when we're in the outfield shagging for BP, you'll find me in my squat more than just standing in, in left field. It's weird because you just do it so much that it becomes comfortable which is kind of crazy for people who don't never played or, or don't, don't catch because it's not a comfortable position, but after a while it becomes comfortable. Right. Yeah. What, um, what other drills, are there any other drills that you would really recommend to young guys or just areas of focus? I know you mentioned receiving is a really big deal for you guys. Yeah, we do a lot of um, receiving bare hand with uh, weighted balls and what this does is it creates uh, hand movement and strength in your shoulder stability in order to catch a ball and have it not move. Because um, this, is, this is a lever, right? And unless you're, if you're weak around this shoulder, it's going to make the ball look like it's moving up and down. So we do a lot of weighted ball stuff. Um, we do a lot of machine stuff. I think, you know, if, if you guys have access to a machine, that's, that's a catcher's best friend. You can get so many reps in, in such a short period of time. You could do, you, you could do a couple hundred reps and not be worn out. Um, the other thing we do is if, you know, you're not going to try to wear out your legs. Let's say you're, you know, you've caught bullpens and you've done an air squat or whatever it is and your legs are fried, you can go and do all these drills from your knees. You don't have to be in your position, your catcher squat to do it, you know? So we'll do a lot of receiving hand work stuff from our knees so that you can get those reps and not completely wear your legs out. Yeah. Again, striking that balance, right? Between continuing to get better and then making sure you're fresh and, and gearing your, your training. So, you know, why do we train? Well, it's to be good in the games, right? Be good when it matters most. So love to hear yeah. that. Um, don't want to keep you on here forever. Do you have a few more, um, more fun questions, kind of MLB related stuff, <clears throat> give, give guys a little window into your life. So, I mean, we've seen McCutcheon dance. We've seen, I mean, is he the best dancer on the Phillies? Absolutely. No yeah, hesitation. No, no hesitation. He's, uh, he's one of the funniest guys I've ever been around. He's just, not only is he an incredible player, and a person, but he is, he is funny, like great teammate. Um, everything you think about Andrew McCutcher is probably correct. Okay. Another one. You're stuck on a deserted Island with three of your teammates. Who are you bringing with you? Mm, that's a good question. Um, definitely Bryce. Bryce and I have gone pretty close over this past, past year. Um, Bryce, probably Zach Eflin. We got a pretty good uh, pitcher-catcher relationship. And my third one would probably be another sack guy, Reese. Um, we've, we've known each other since we were like 13, so that relationship's uh, pretty strong. So those would be my three guys. So you're going relationships. You're trying to create that tight-knit. You're not going who has the best survival skills or anything like that. You're just You're trying to have a good time on the island. Yeah, it's all about friends. We'll we'll get through it. There you go. Awesome. Um, best piece of advice you've ever received from 
either a, a big league coach or someone else in the big leagues? Um, I can't, it, it's just kind of a, it's like a known thing in baseball and I can't give any one person credit because I've heard it so many times, but it's just be ready for your opportunity. And you don't know when that's going to come. But if you, if you show up to the ballpark every day, prepare yourself, prepare your, your mind and your body for an opportunity, then that's all you can do. So that, that's the biggest thing. And it's not like um, you got to be scared for missing that opportunity. And maybe it's not, you know, it might show up today, but you might get another one tomorrow. So, you know, success isn't based off of taking advantage of that one opportunity, but you have to show up every day and prepare to be ready to, to take advantage. Awesome. Okay. Last, last fun little question. Then we'll, we'll give you our final question that we always do for podcast guests and then let you get back to your work, but okay. You're commissioner, major league baseball commissioner for a day. What's yeah. one, one adjustment or change that you're making? Ooh. Could be anything outlandish or practical. That's a good question. Um, I would probably do something along the lines of like the fan experience. So like maybe, maybe it would be like free food and drink or something just to get as many fans in as possible. Just like, that's what I'm missing. Yeah. That's what I'm missing right now. I'm missing like, that fan experience, you know, with everyone's at home, you're, you're missing out on all these relationships. So for me right now, that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I would do like, uh, yeah, like, or maybe even free tickets, who knows, like just bring in as many people as possible. So you're going to be a big advocate of the cardboard cutouts. If you guys are playing in empty stadiums, like we've seen in, <laughs> in some of the other places. And are they doing that? Yeah, they've, I think it's in Korea where they have cardboard cutouts of fans in a lot of the seats to try and make it look like there's people there. <laughs> Pretty yeah. funny. Pretty funny. Bring in, bring in like uh, overhead sounds of fans and stuff. Yeah. There you go. Selfless uh, response there. Right. I told you guys, one of the good, good guys in the game, he can, he could boost his salary to inf infinity, but he chooses the fan experience. I love that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, man. So last question, not really a question, but what we like to do, you have a captive audience of young baseball players, baseball parents, coaches, baseball people, uh, listening right now. So we like to just give our guests an open mic and let them, uh, mic drop their way off the podcast. So no pressure, but if you have any, any message that you want to get out to people, uh, floor is all yours okay um well i guess the one thing i have especially in times like this quarantine times is is you know you kind of realize how important baseball is to to people and and i just feel very blessed to be a part of that and um you know i hope everyone's staying safe and i hope um everyone's being responsible but i also want everyone to really enjoy 
when we do get that opportunity to watch baseball again or to play baseball again and be a part of that. So, um, you know, it's kind of sappy, but you really, you really miss the game right now and, and everything involved with it during a time like this. So, uh, love everyone and hope everyone's staying safe. Awesome. Well, we, uh, I know you're busy, so we really appreciate the continued support for keep playing baseball and taking the time to, uh, jump on here and drop some knowledge for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hopefully you're, uh, you guys are back playing baseball soon in packed stadiums with free food, beverages <laughs> yeah. and, and tickets. Yeah, that's right. Just, Everyone come out and watch. That's all we want. Thanks for making it to the end of this episode of the KPB podcast. If you find value in our podcast, please help us make it better. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a five-star rating. Write a review. All of that helps us get this information into the hands of those who need it most. We're always beyond excited to get questions and provide more information, you can reach us by email at keepplayingbaseball at gmail.com. Our Twitter DMs are open. That's at keepplayingbb. Same is true for our Instagram account. That's at keepplayingbaseball. And Facebook, keepplayingbaseball. We're always excited to help provide you with the information that you need to make educated decisions in the recruiting process and move towards your goal of playing college baseball. Don't hesitate to reach out if you need anything. And we'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, take care.